0: Welcome to the simple doesn't mean easy podcast where we are here every week, working at simplifying things in our lives one day at a time, one simple step at a time. And together, guys, we are doing this. I'm your host, Michelle Visser. And this season, we are focusing on ingredients that we can't ignore. Today, it's veggies, but not just any veggies. These are veggies absolutely everybody can grow themselves fresh daily, no matter where you live, no matter what season it is. It sounds too good to be true, right? Um, If you recall back in our last season, episode eight of season five, Dr. Jamie was our guest. And first of all, it's a fascinating talk. If you haven't listened, definitely go give it a listen. Um, Season five, episode eight. Jamie, Dr. Jamie is a naturopath, doctor, and a nutritionist. And one thing that she focused on in our talk that she really drove home was the fact that we should be eating a minimum, minimum of 50% of veggies. When we look at our plate for any meal, half of it or more should be veggies. And Go listen to that episode to find out more about the why. Like I said, it's fascinating, but it seems so intimidating and it seems almost impossible to eat that many veggies. But if you think that, stick with me today because Doug Evans is going to completely change your mind. And it's fascinating how with sprouts, we really can not only eat 50%, but if you want to go all in like Doug, you can literally eat 100% veggies by simply growing your own sprouts. It's amazing. Before I tell you a little bit about Doug, although you've probably already heard of him and you know a lot about him already, but in case you don't, I'm gonna fill you in on who Doug Evans is before bringing him on. But before that, I wanna let you know that this episode is sponsored absolutely perfectly by True Leaf Market. They are my number one source for sprout seeds. They have an amazing selection. They are high quality sprout seeds at a great price and the variety is amazing. I mean, there's really no need to go anywhere else if you're looking for sprout seeds. And because they're awesome, they have offered you guys a special offer of code SR10 for solely rested 10, SR10. Also, if you go to solelyrested.com slash seeds, you can find out why I love True Leaf Market and all of the amazing things that I will always go to them for, not just my sprout seeds and my sprout garden. Love my sprout garden. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Um, so thank you to Truly for sponsoring this episode. Now for Doug, Doug is the author of the national bestseller. Like if you haven't heard of this book, you have been under A little bit of a rock. Um, The Sprout book is the title. It is the book on the power of sprouts as an ultra food for health, weight loss, and optimum nutrition. Doug is an a pioneer in the natural food industry. In two thousand two. He founded or co-founded Organic Avenue, which is one of the first exclusively raw organic plant-based retail chains in the country. He then created and founded Juicero, which is the first fresh farm-to-glass automatic cold press juicer, and his mission was bringing more fresh produce into everyone's kitchen. Doug lives in the Mojave Desert, and he wrote the Sprout Book in efforts to teach people about the power of sprouts- and has written a transformative plan for sprouting. He's revolutionizing gardening and growing your own food right in your kitchen in an affordable, accessible way. His mission in life is to help people learn to grow and eat the most nutritious food on the planet, which is sprouts. Now stick with me to the end because first of all, there's some fun rapid fire questions that I throw at Doug and he has some fun answers. And then I do want to give you some insights into lots of ways you can use sprouts, because I know a lot of people get really hung up on that. Like, well, how much can you really do with it other than put it on your salad? I'm going to give you 15 ways that you can enjoy sprouts daily. And I'm also going to fill you in on the five rules of sprouts. I say rules with finger, with air quotes, because um, it's really simple, trust me, but just five things to know if this is something new to you. And is that everything else that I want to cover at the end? I think so. So let's dive into this conversation because Doug is fascinating to talk to on this topic. Actually, no, wait, there's one more thing I want to tell you before Doug joins us. If you really do want to know about sprouts, The best resource that I can offer you is simply a set of emails that I put together an e-course about sprouting. And it's super easy to dive into it. Just go to solelyrested.com slash sprouts, S-P-R-O-U-T-S, solelyrested.com slash sprouts. It's just a few days worth of emails in a concise course that gives you so much information about growing sprouts. You really want this, solelyrested.com slash sprouts. Thanks so much, Doug, for joining me today. I'm excited to talk about sprouts today because I think they're not only fascinating, but so super nutritious. And for me, the best part is absolutely anybody can grow these veggies anywhere. Like you prove that, right? Growing them in the desert even. So, so let's start with just convince anybody who might just be listening in and not sure if they want to actually listen to the whole episode, why sprout? Why should anybody even consider growing sprouts?
1: So, look, Michelle, I'm an everyday New York guy, went to high school, joined the military at age 17, ate processed food, meat, dairy, animal products, fast food. Until I had my kind of come to cucumber moment uh, back (laughs) in 1999. And then sprouts have been part of my journey for over 25 years, but I always thought of sprouts as a garnish, something to put on a sandwich or a wrap or soup or um, just like a snack. Yeah. And then.
0: And I'll be honest with you, Doug, that's still where I am. I love them as a garnish, but you go all out. I mean, so.
1: Well, it was necessity for me because I moved yeah. in 2018. I moved to the Mojave Desert. I moved to Wonder Valley Hot Springs. And I just loved the desert. I loved the dark sky. I mean, I just was hanging out with a wild You mean the night sky? The night sky. Yeah.
0: It's gorgeous here in New Hampshire too. The stars that I could never see when I lived in the Mideast like area. I just in the mid-Atlantic area. But it's gorgeous. I can't imagine the stars out in the desert.
1: It's unbelievable. Like people come from all over the world to watch the Perseid meteor shower, to sit in the hot springs, you know, Mm. all night watching. And there's like literally during the meteor shower, you could see a shooting star every minute. Wow. Imagine seeing 100 shooting stars within one hour period. Gorgeous. So I moved here and 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 then I realized, for the first time, I had no access to fresh food. There was no health food stores, no organic markets, no restaurants um and not even a farmer's market in this little town that I moved to. Right. So that's when I was having this existential food crisis. Mm-hmm. And so i asked, you ask the right questions, you get the right answers. And the answer was, oh, grow your own food. But if you realize to grow your own food anywhere is difficult, to grow it in the desert much more difficult, and it could take weeks or months or years to grow edible food in the in the desert. And then I said, well, what about sprouts? And within a month, I was growing all. Let me repeat, all one hundred percent of my food was being grown in one cubic foot using six glass jars wow. and, and and the the power of the sprouts under the necessity of that was you can take seeds, you put them in a jar, you soak them overnight and then you rinse them twice a day. And when you soak and the seeds you're doubling and as they're sprouting, you double the antioxidant levels you triple the vitamin C and you quadruple the soluble and insoluble fiber. So it's unbelievable that they can increase their dry mass 10 times in under a week. And it's doing that without soil, without sunshine, without fertilizer. And so how is this? So there's these, every single seed is a complete living organism in a dormant state, and by soaking them, the water molecules are penetrating through the testa, the shell, and it's activating this dormant, sleeping, you know, magical um, seed, and then it starts to, to germinate and sprout. And so when I look at sprouts today, yeah, they're nice as a garnish, But to me, they are the center of my plate. They are the vegetable replacement. Like I don't have to buy salad mix anymore because sprouts are the center of the plate. I don't buy protein powders anymore because the, the legume sprouts, the garbanzo beans, the mung beans, the soy sprouts, the lentils are incredible source of protein ranging between eight grams and 20 grams in one cup, one serving. And so the the third thing, which really blew my mind, was the medicinal properties of sprouts, that the sprouts now um, have been proven to have anti-cancer compounds in them. They can regulate insulin levels in diabetics, they're obviously the number one weight loss food because they are yeah. high fiber, low calorie, low fat. So the, the ability to get super you know fit by eating sprouts, like you cannot overeat sprouts. Yeah. Right? You'll you'll fill up and you'll burn off the calories that you'll you'll just do fine. So to me, sprouts so it's a food are- that
0: you can literally eat mindlessly and not have any guilt or worry you can just keep on eating the sprouts
1: <laughs> enthusiastically like it's it, it's the more sprouts you eat the healthier you will become And mm-hmm. with that information I thought that maybe sprouts were a mirage for me that maybe I was delusional maybe it was too good to be true So I reached out to Dr. Oz, Dr. Mark Hyman Dr. Dean Ornish, Dr. Josh Axe, Dr. Joel Furman, Dr. Joel Kahn. You're naming and, them all. Right? And yeah. what happened really interesting as I'm speaking to these people, you know, Dr. Axe wrote the keto book, right? Dr. Oz is mainstream. Dr. Joel Furman has nutritarian diet, right? So they all have different, Dr. Dean Ornish you know reversing heart disease with with plant based diet so they all had different ideologies they wrote different books but the thing that they had in common they all loved sprouts hmm. none of them were going to devote their lives to sprouts right but they would contribute a part of their life by supporting me in my mission to being the megaphone for sprouts.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point because I don't think honestly, Doug, many people are going to do what you're doing because people just love more variety, I think, than that. And they, they want to have their steak and their potatoes, but, but it's a great point you're making that all of these doctors, so many medical experts are on board, whether you're just using it as a garnish, or you're going to go halfway to what Doug's doing, or you're going to go all in, they're a really great thing and nobody should ignore sprouts. Now, you yeah. had mentioned, you're talking about the medicinal thing. And I, I have heard you talk a few different times. I think it's fascinating. If you could explain to me, you had talked about, in a few interviews I've watched, um, how the plant literally has a defense mechanism that then is what becomes medicinal for us. And it creates something called sulfur, is it
1: sulfurphane? sulfurophane
0: Okay. Can you explain that to me? Do you, know, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about as I'm trying sure. to explain it.
1: <laughs> so na- Nature is is genius right and all of the the all of life on this planet that has made it to this point has adapted right and since the plants have such goodness in it there are predators for the plants which are insects so in order for the plants to defend themselves against the insect cuz it's not like they can swipe them away Right, for them to defend themselves against the insect, what they do is if the plant um, feels a vulnerability, right, like a little insect bite goes through it, it actually opens up two vacuoles inside the cellular structure, inside the cytoplasm of the plant, and then they mix and then they form something that becomes toxic to the insect. Okay. So the insect can take a bite and it's okay, but if they bite again and they mix it, it breaks it breaks through. So it's well known that cruciferous vegetables have these anti-cancer compounds, right? They're isothiocyanates, they're glucosinolates. The specific compound in the broccoli sprouts is called glucoraphanin. And then there's also an enzyme called myrosinase. And that enzyme, myrosinase, also exists in our stomach, but it wow. exists in the plant. And when you chew, freeze, um, uh, juice, it mixes those two vacuoles together. And the combination of the glucoraffin and the enzyme myrosinase forms sulforaphane. And sulforaphane is a very fast acting compound. And that compound actually will ward off an insect, will kill a cancer cell, will create a hermetic effect in the human body, which will create a heat shock protein um, in the brain. So there's all of this magic that's going on in these little things. And what happens is that all cruciferous vegetables have trace amounts of this, So the research done by Dr. Jed Fahey and Paul Talley 25 years ago at Johns Hopkins University were studying all cruciferous vegetables, and they concluded broccoli has the most of this, right? And then they were looking for which type of broccoli had the most of it. And it turns out it wasn't the type or the varietal of the broccoli. It was the stage. And the most was in the seed. But turns out the seed has enzyme inhibitors, trypsins, phytic acids, lectins, that actually make it um, not so bioavailable. Hmm. But if you soak it, germinate, and sprout it for, say, three days, you are going through this metamorphosis from a seed into a vegetable that's then bioavailable. And so it's
0: exactly the amount of time that you're going to sprout your broccoli. It's just amazing.
1: Yeah. So it all all works out. And so I think that, you know, if Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food, he must have been talking about sprouts, (laughs) right? Must have been. And there's no coincidence that Hippocrates Health Center in West Palm Beach serves at their salad bar. 12 to 20 different types of sprouts every wow. day. Wow. Like, like <laughs> they know, they know. So yeah, this is, you know, the why on sprouts for me. Yeah.
0: Hi guys. I am interrupting for just a minute to tell you, I'm so excited. I ordered broccoli sprout seeds just last week, but what I'm really excited about is the source where I ordered them from. I'm actually getting my sprouts directly from the food supplier, because that's what Azure standard is all about. And that's where I found my sprout seeds. Azure is an independent food supply chain that connects the food supplier directly to the consumer. But on top of that, they hold their products and their suppliers to a really high standard. They only offer real food, with natural ingredients and no junk, and they are sticklers about it. So I know when I'm purchasing from them, I'm getting truly good quality food, and they are our sponsor this season. I'm so elated that they wanted to meet you, my audience, by being sponsors, and I talk about them all the time. I love Azure Standard, so this was a no-brainer for me, um, but... They've removed so many levels of cost, storage, and labor with the way that they run their whole independent food supply chain that their prices can actually not be beat. I have never gone to do price checking and found that their prices are not the best. So they have top quality real food. They have options to buy many of the items in bulk. And they genuinely have solid pricing. So go order yourself some sprout seeds or whatever else tickles your fancy. Just go to solelyrested.com slash Azure, A-Z-U-R-E. And I've listed a few of my top picks there. And I'm placing a discount code there because they want to give you 10% off your entire order to all new customers. And there's also a link there that's going to help you figure out how to order and where the nearest drop is to you. So go check out solelyrested.com slash Azure. Okay. So sprouts, you mentioned there's absolutely no dirt, not even any sunshine. The difference with microgreens, tell me if I'm wrong, is microgreens, you need dirt and they have to grow longer, right? What's the difference between sprouts well, and- Well,
1: microgreens don't necessarily need dirt but they do need a sprouting medium. And in the sprout book, the best-selling vegetarian book, vegan book, growing book on Amazon, um, we talk about you could grow on an unbleached paper towel. You could grow on coconut fiber, on jute fiber, on hemp fiber, and then the roots will go into the fiber or the soil and the shoots will go up. So the main, the primary difference, and by the way, I love microgreens, right? I grow microgreens too. Mm -hmm. Um, The main difference is the sprouts will grow without a sprouting medium, and they will grow in a fraction of the time of the microgreens. And obviously, they're less water than a microgreen. And when you consume the sprout, unlike almost anything else that we get to eat, you are consuming the true whole food: the root, the shoot, the endosperm, the right. embryo, the test, Everything, everything. With the microgreens, you're consuming above the fold, like you're okay because you
0: cut them off, right? Okay, rice, so
1: you're getting the shoot, and as you know, whether it's burdock or carrot or beet, like the roots are incredible. Like even you yeah. know with psilocybin in the U.S. People are eating the stem and the button of the mushroom in Europe, like in Amsterdam. You know they're they're serving the truffle, right, which is below the ground part. So the roots are really really powerful, and with a sprout you get to eat it all. Right.
0: So why do you also grow microgreens? Because I've always thought sprouts are superior.
1: I grow microgreens because certain um, varietals, like pea shoots or sunflower seeds um, it's easier to grow them because of like the sunflower the sunflower seed you can eat the shell pretty gnarly yeah. right the black sunflower seed shells gnarly and when you when you use the jar method for growing the micro the the sunflower sprouts. Mm-hmm. Have to literally by hand remove every single shell. So, in that case, it's actually easier to grow it in the tray and they'll also grow for longer. And so they'll taste different. They're definitely microgreens are more like familiar miniature vegetables that people are accustomed to. Right. Whereas the sprouts, are this like super potent kind of foreign being to most people? It's, <laughs> it's like they're like they don't know what it is, right? Right. But it's funny so, as soon as you do it just a few times, you realize there
0: there's nothing weird about it, and they're really good.
1: Well, look in Japan, like they're selling broccoli sprouts in in the equivalent of 7-Elevens. so in convenience stores I where believe. they're selling. Yeah, they're selling broccoli sprouts in wow. well over twenty thousand stores across Japan. Are selling wow. broccoli sprouts. Wow. And so, so the servings are upwards to a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand servings of broccoli sprouts a day. Wow. And in the U.S., it's interesting. There are no national sprouting companies. There are no international sprouting companies because of the short shelf life and the transportation of sprouts, which is mostly water, which require refrigeration that have a short shelf life. So sprouts have been relegated to a local or regional business. And, And that's where the idea, big idea here is to get everyone sprouting wherever they are because you could ship seeds and i would i just want to encourage people sign up for my free newsletter at thesproutbook.com. Definitely. you know the book is on sale on amazon right now for $12 really um, yeah and if you're a prime member it's free shipping so yeah. and that book was the most difficult thing i ever did in my life hmm. right 288 words Sixty thousand, um, sixty thousand words, two hundred and eighty-eight pages, right. forty recipes, and you know, up until it was done, literally, even the, like within days before submitting the manuscript, I was ready to like send back the the advance and tell them, oh, it's, I just don't <laughs> want to do it because it was so <laughs> difficult to write the book, but my mindset because I was powered by Sprouts in my brain, in my gut, in my heart, I had to finish it. But mm-hmm. there was so much resistance because it was so hard to do. And there was a lot of work around Sprouts, like Ann Wigmore and Steve Meyerwitz and Victoria Skavinskis, um, you know, and G- David Wolf. These people had been talking about Sprouts, writing about Sprouts for a long time. They just didn't have... You know, a they're you know they're not around. They're not, they're not, they're not active, and they didn't have you know the the timing where they they could put a, I put up a video on TikTok under my Wiz, you know, Nom de Plume, and it gets five million views. <laughs> right? So they didn't have that force of social media and right. podcasts. So now. There's so much momentum about sh- sharing this message that people are sprouting all over the world mm-hmm. and the the excitement, the passion. And look, you know, you and I agree about sprouts, and then the re- you know, from there we veer off in many different you know di- directions, right but the, you know what, what I look at and like my friend Ben Greenfield, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he shoots elk with a bow and arrow, right? I don't, you know, I don't shoot anything, right? <laughs> I, you know, if I- Well, I know
0: that- when I reached out to you, I said, just so you know, Doug, like just full disclosure, we're pig farmers. Like if you don't want to come on the podcast, I understand because I know that-
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's it's really hard because like I love pigs, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I love pigs. I mean, they're the sweetest. My, my friend Red Fu- um has a a rescue pig and two rescue cows. Okay. and that pig you know has a personality it's oh, yeah. friendly. you know it communicates you know mostly that it's hungry right <laughs> but it, it has a real personality and yeah. you know it's distinctive like it, the it's you wouldn't confuse that the his pig with another pig because that pig is so distinct and his cows play with the dogs. Yeah. So, you know, for, for me, it, um, and actually Redfu is going to start um rather than feeding alfalfa and Bermuda hay to the 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 cows, he's gonna start sprouting and really feeding cows fresh sprouts. That's a lot of sprouts. Yeah. Yeah he goes <laughs> through like a bush like a, a bale of hay every few days for them yeah we're gonna we're gonna set up some major sprouting systems and we're we're (laughs) gonna that's fascinating super happy um uh uh, cows and pigs but if you think about this alfalfa hay is what they feed to a 1000 pound horse alfalfa sprout is what they feed to you know to humans and the bioavailability and the tenderness of the soluble and insoluble fiber is just so magnificent, so easily absorbed, such a phenomenal prebiotic that yeah. that knowing about it and not doing it, it seems unconscionable.
0: I actually have some alfalfa seeds right here. I figured, I, you know, I, why not do some show and tell? I grabbed some of my favorite sprouts and I thought I'd ask you, you know, what are, most common, typical things to sprout. So I have some alfalfa. I have some pea seeds. This one is one of my favorites. It's a lentil fest. So it's like four different kind of lentils in one. Um, this one is, this one is just one kind of lentil, you know, how boring, right? And then protein powerhouse. This one has three different kinds of beans, including mung and um, uh, garbanzo. I, I, and some peas, so this is like a nice combination. And then I just have some garbanzo beans. I like these just for snacking. I heard you say something recently about garbanzo beans. Tell us instead of popcorn?
1: Yeah, you like if you take um, if you take garbanzo beans, you soak them overnight, you rinse them twice, and then like on day two, day three, right you put them in the refrigerator, let them dry off then you could sprinkle a uh, nutritional yeast on them. Yeah. And they literally taste like a cheesy popcorn.
0: I love it. So like day three, it's about, they're just starting to kind of open up with a little bit of like what I call a tail, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think that on the garbanzo beans, um, they're probably best at day, day three. Then mm-hmm. after, you know, day three or four, unless you have perfect conditions and you're well-skilled, they can get slimy. Yes. when I have slimy. Can slimy- you still
0: eat them? When I've had them go slimy, I, I give them to the pigs, honestly. <laughs> or the yeah. chickens. The chickens love them.
1: Yeah. So so you, you, pref- you prefer, like, you want your sprouts to be fresh. So slimy, yeah. mealy, discoloration, yeah. smelly. Give them to the pigs. Okay. Okay.
0: So let's get into the details. If somebody has never sprouted, what kind of tools do we need? That's something else I love about sprouts. You really need very little, right?
1: Yeah. I I think the number one thing you need is you need my my book is great. It's basically my cap that should be the number one tool. Yeah. So to have, and then there's a chapter in my book called Junkyard Dog, where you could basically take things that you have in the house, in the recycling bin you know, in the garbage, sanitize them, sterilize them, etc. And they could become sprouting. So the most provincial way of sprouting for the last few hundred years was with a mason jar or even a uh, a pasta container mm-hmm. with like the stainless steel screen lid that you have there, yep. or cheesecloth, or they make a plastic lid. And that's really it. And then you could use a bowl or you've seen me, I use a dish tray yep. um, and that's and it. And then it you want to use the best water that you have access to, right? The best water you have access to. So if you have spring okay. water, it's nice. If you have distilled water, that's nice filtered water. But even if all you have is tap water, I would still use the tap water above not sprouting at all. Okay. Okay.
0: Good point. Um, And then there's also, I get a lot of my seeds from True Leaf Market. I know I've heard you mention them before. I think they're a great source for sprout seeds. Um, And they also have this little, this is how I started with sprouts and I still use it often. It's called a sprout garden where you just, you know, have your tray and it has these tiny little holes that will drain your water. So you can easily rinse them, shake them. And you can pile them up. So I like that, that I can have three trays going at once and they're all just in one pile on my counter. So my point is, there's a lot of options, but you don't need the fancy things like you said.
1: No, I I think that the number one thing you need is the desire for optimum health. The desire to feel good. The desire to have sovereignty over the food that you consume. Like that's what it's it's really, really about. Well, Michelle, I can't believe this was thirty minutes.
0: I know it's crazy that talking about sprouts in time just gets lost. <laughs> yeah,
1: time, well, I look, I, 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 hope, and we can do this again. And I encourage people. You know, I'm on social media, Doug Evans on Instagram, Sprout Wiz yes. on TikTok, and I've, I've gone on lengthy podcasts in yes. October. I've got a masterclass coming out on one. Fantastic. Commune. So if you go to one O N E commune.com slash sprouts. Um, okay. That's coming out in October. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. And I think we're just at the beginning of a sprout revolution. Like I, I agree. Very, I see people growing. If, if you are an indication of the openness um, to, to this, you know, ancient technology mm-hmm. that, that, We need to go no further. And like when we had the pandemic was going on and there was food shortages, like there was no shortage of sprouts. There was a shortage of Kraft macaroni and cheese and Coca-Cola and- and (laughs) Well, I was
0: gonna say, your book came out in 2020. Like what perfect timing. People were realizing they wanted to have a little more control over their food because we saw the broken system and what was happening. So absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) Okay, rapid fire, a couple questions for you. What is your favorite sprout snack? If you had to pick one you were snacking
1: on. Easiest thing is green peas, green peas. Green
0: peas. How about what do you put on a traditional salad if you were having like a chef salad kind of thing? What sprout would you use?
1: Um, I'd use broccoli, alfalfa. Okay. I radish. love alfalfa. So those yeah. are radishes
0: are a little too much for me sometimes. They're they're really taste. They're- yeah, just
1: <laughs> no, no more than like oh 20%. Okay. Radish.
0: Okay. And what about do you put any in smoothies? Do you ever eat smoothies? What would be your favorite sprout I, I don't, to throw in there? I don't,
1: like probably easy, the best blendable sprout is probably a chickpea sprouted garbanzo bean.
0: Okay, okay, good point. And in baking?
1: I, out of my, I'm raw.
0: Okay, okay. Do you have, so do you have any baked recipes in the book?
1: No. No, no. okay, the, okay. The, the book is 40 recipes, all plant-based, 50% okay. of ingredients are sprouts.
0: Okay, 50%, that's awesome. And do you have a pet?
1: Um, not presently. Okay. I live in if you, nature, what's that? But I, I live in nature, so I have a lot of wild animals around. Yep, yeah. Um, but if you would had a
0: dog, would you feed them sprouts?
1: Broccoli. Yeah, I definitely broccoli, okay. broccoli sprouts, chickpea sprouts. You know, they, sprouts are vegetables, and dogs are omnivorous, so you know yeah. you can they they like it.
0: My dogs love actual broccoli. I feed them the stems if I don't want to eat the whole stem. So I need to start feeding them my broccoli sprouts too. I love it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Doug. This was so fun. And I'm going to go fill up my sprout garden now because I just want more sprouts.
1: <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, Michelle, you have the best day ever. Thank you so much. You too. And, Thanks for coming uh, on, Doug. Pleasure. Bye-bye now.
0: Bye-bye. I hope you guys loved picking Doug's brain as much as I did. I think it's an absolutely fascinating topic, but of everything we talked about, the thing that really gets me every time I hear him talk about it is how the plant has a defense mechanism that protects it from the insects that will harm it. But that very same mechanism is what makes the sprout so medicinal for us. God is just amazing in his creation. Like, That when he created seeds and plants, like this was all part of his plan, that there would be this by dual purpose thing in the plant that protects it and that protects us and helps us medicinally when we eat it. Just, it's fascinating. It blows my mind. The mercy and goodness of God's creation. Just so crazy. Um okay so I promised you 15 ways to use sprouts. So I actually created a list that I'm going to read off because I wanted to make sure that I had 15. I probably could have made it 20 or 25 honestly, but this is a good start to because if you listen to this episode and you're like, okay, I've got to do this, like it's it's a no-brainer, right? I've got to start growing some sprouts. Then of course, the next hurdle is what do I do with them? So Here you go. You can add them to toss salads. That's, of course, the number one way that everybody uses sprouts. Blend them into your smoothies. Add it to stir fry. It's really good in any Chinese meal that we make. It's really good to add some sprouts. Use them instead of celery in your tuna salad or in your chicken salad add as a crunchy topping on your soup or ones like mung bean or lentil sprouts can go directly in your soup and mix them in right before you serve them. You can add the smaller sprouts like alfalfa and clover sprouts into potato cakes, which if you don't make potato cakes, you need to find out how to make them because they are my family's favorite thing that I do with leftover mashed potatoes. So you just add in some of those delicate sprouts. So good. Um, add them into scrambled eggs. I do that all the time. Sprinkle them on top of your over easy eggs. And it's really a nice little crunch the way that it adds that to it. Um, I don't eat things like coleslaw or potato salad, but I figured I should add that to my list because I know probably most of my listeners do. I just have never been a fan of either of those things. I don't know. Um, but sprouts, from what I'm told, are fantastic to add in to both of those delicacies. Um, any kind of a rice dish, they add in so nicely. And any of these things, by the way, you want to toss it in right before serving. If it's something like scrambled eggs that you're heating up, you don't want to heat up the sprouts because that reduces the nutritional benefit. You want to eat them raw. So toss them in to your, your eggs or your soup or your rice dish right before serving. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's 12 so far. Next is mix it into your spaghetti sauce right before serving it. Use it as an edible garnish. I know that Doug, you know, kind of almost made fun of that that people think of sprouts as a garnish, but hey, they are a garnish. So it's on my list. And number 15. Just pop them in your mouth. I love what he does with garbanzo beans in place of popcorn. I'm a popcorn fanatic. I love popcorn. So I have not yet tried his take of garbanzo beans in place of popcorn, but I'm going to try it this week and I will keep you posted over on Instagram because I need to do this. Okay. The five rules, air quotes, of sprouts. First of all, you need to be sure to rinse them at least a couple times a day, every day. It's okay if you're not religious about setting a timer and doing it at a certain time every day, but just make sure at least a couple times a day, you're rinsing them and you do need to keep them moist, but you don't want them to be wet. That's why I showed my sprout tray. Um, let me grab it here. And they're great because they have these minuscule, if you're on YouTube, you can see these minuscule little holes that are not big enough for the sprouts to escape but the water can always drain. So you put your sprouts in here, you add your water and you give it a nice shake and that's going to get the sprouts all moist, but the excess water is going to come out the bottom of the tray. Same idea if you're using a mason jar with a special sprouting lid like this one that I'm showing again on YouTube. Um, If you're not on YouTube, maybe I should describe it just briefly. The trays are, let me get the other part here. They work in tandem together. So you have a base and you have your sprout tray, and then you can put another base on top and another sprout tray like this. So you're letting, you're keeping your sprouts dark as they should be, but you're also letting the moisture drain off. And then there's crevices in this, this uh, lid, if that's what I call it that will hold your excess water. So you can pile this up, you can even get a couple of them and pile it up six high. It only takes up, what, 10 inches around in a corner on your kitchen counter, but you can have three or six, lots of different sprouts growing in your tray at all the time. So that's one way that you can make sure you're keeping them moist, but you don't want them to be sitting in the water and getting wet too much. Um, So rule number three, try to keep them At a stable room temperature whenever possible. So, ideally, they say 72 degrees Fahrenheit. That's not always the case for me for different reasons and different seasons. But, you know, if you have a place in your home that you keep around 72 degrees and keep the temperature consistent, that's the ideal conditions for sprouts. But don't let it deter you. Like Doug said, if all you have is tap water, don't let that stop you from, you know, growing your sprouts. Use your tap water. If you don't have absolute ideal conditions, don't let that stop you from growing sprouts. They're amazing nutritional additions to your diet. Don't let, you know, that 72 degree thing worry you. Um, The fourth rule, keep your sprouts, I'm sorry, give your sprouts plenty of room to breathe and don't put too many in your jar or in your tray. I sometimes will see people have a jar just loaded up with sprouts and I always wonder how that works because there's gonna be too much moisture built up in the center of the jar and there isn't gonna be any room for the ones in the center to breathe, which is why I love my sprout garden because with this tray, they have the whole surface of the tray to spread out and there's always room for the sprouts to breathe. And the fifth rule, keep the sprouts covered and away from light. So it's that simple. I kind of hesitated, like I said, in the beginning, calling them rules even, because I don't want it to sound intimidating. But I think if you're just starting out, it's good to know, okay, these are the things I need to understand. And then it's so easy. I do have a few questions that people will ask me that I jotted down. So I would remember Um, people will ask, do they have to be special sprout seeds? Can I just use the seeds from my garden, like I planted broccoli this year, I have extra seeds left over. Can I use those seeds to grow my broccoli sprouts? No. Um, first of all, they cost so much more that way. Like you're not going to have too many extra broccoli seeds probably in your packet. That's not even going to be enough to make one trayful or or jarful or serving of your sprouts. So it's it's much more expensive. But much more importantly than that, um, garden seeds are often treated with chemical fungicides and with like a mercury coating. So that can be highly toxic. That is not intended for you to soak in water and then eat. Um, Also, if garden seeds are imported, they actually are required to be dyed often for identification of where they're coming from. So you don't want that either. So stick with a good source of actual sprout seeds, not garden seeds. I know there are many. If you have a local source, that's ideal. Find that local source and use it for sure. Um but like I said True Leaf is amazing. They have been in the sprout seed business for decades, maybe longer, and they're just a fantastic resource. And with the code SR10, 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 how should I say that? <laughs> um you can even get $10 off a $50 order. Go to solireste.com/seeds to find out more. Um, oh, the other thing is when you're talking, we're talking about seeds, you, you might think that buying something in bulk, I mean, I often buy a lot of things in bulk, um, is always gonna be best. That is not usually the case with sprouts because often the bulk suppliers, um, are giving less than ideal seeds and they do not have a very good germination rate. That's one thing with true leaf, their seeds, their garden seeds and their sprout seeds have amazing germination rates. Um, But the bulk sprout seeds, if they do not have a really great germination rate, what happens is you have dud seeds sitting there in your tray or your jar and they're actually gonna ferment and turn bitter because they're not sprouting, they're just soaking in the water And then they literally will make your whole jar, your whole tray taste off or bitter. So you don't want that. It is not a cost savings in the end. So do be careful about that. Um, What about some people will ask, okay, if I make too much and I just can't eat it all, first of all, go back to my list of 15 ways to use it because you shouldn't have extra sprouts. Um, (laughs) But they will ask, can they freeze it? Unfortunately, no. Sprouts are not intended to freeze because... Um, they're frost sensitive. I mean, they're really delicate, brand new little tiny plants. They're not going to survive and there will be no nutritional benefit whatsoever if you freeze them, but you can keep them in the refrigerator. You can keep them for at least a week, if not longer. I, I like to wrap a piece of paper towel, dry paper towel around my sprouts in the container that I'm storing them in, and that will help them keep longer. Um, people also say, I've never done this cause I just have never needed to, but people say that if you take them out of the fridge and rinse them really well, and then dry them off and put them back in every couple days, that extends the life of them even longer. So that's a possibility too. So is that all my questions I wanted to make sure I answered? Yes. Okay. So thanks for listening guys. I hope that I inspired you to go try out some sprouts and add some amazing nutrition to your family's daily diet. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. If you liked hanging out with Doug and I, it would mean so much if you take a very quick second and leave the five-star review over on Apple podcast. Um, it's really the number one way that you can help us encourage more people. And that's the reason that we do what we do. So if you're not sure how to leave a review, go over to solelyrested.com slash podcast for all the details. That's solelyrested.com slash podcast podcast, and I read every review. Everyone makes me smile, so I can't wait to see yours. Thanks for listening, friends. Remember, it is easy to forget how blessed we are to live this life. So enjoy the simple, everyday efforts. Even the really simple things like sprouts can make a world of difference in your day. Enjoy them. It's not easy, but it's a very good life.